1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by com, Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Good to have you along with us on a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. You can email the show, Bruce, at 989theanswer.com. Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at The Hooli Show. Also, uh, typically you can watch the show on Facebook. Today I am out of town. I will be back on Monday. So if you uh, miss your midday Hooli TV, uh, we'll have it back for you on Monday. Uh, We have had on this show before, and we will have him on uh, in the future Rob Walgate of the American Policy Roundtable. He is a great, great source for us on matters of policy. And the American Policy Roundtable is a nonpartisan organization. But that doesn't mean that they don't take what appears to be a strong opinion on something if it violates the Constitution, whether it's the Constitution of our country or the Constitution of Ohio. And that is where I think uh, Rob Walgate is going to today uh, say that this new... Uh, advance toward legalizing sports gambling in the state of Ohio is problematic let's welcome Rob to the show thanks for your time today am I right this is something that you have remarked about before that there are exceptions or at least stipulations in the constitution Rob that allow for certain things but as of yet nothing that would expressly allow for sports gambling
2: hey Bruce thanks so much for having me and yes you're exactly right the Ohio constitution is clear it prohibits lotteries it prohibits gambling with three exceptions and those exceptions came into play because as ohioans we amended our state constitution the exceptions are charitable gambling state lottery and the four brick and mortar casinos okay that were a result of the 2009 constitutional amendment that ohioans voted on so the thought that the gambling interest, the gambling lobby could come in and bully and purchase uh, Republicans in the General Assembly and get them to go along with their plan to put sports gambling in and throw the Constitution by the wayside. It just baffles me. Well, so why don't they
1: just do it the right way? Why don't they do it the way they did it with Ohio Lottery? Why don't they do it the way they did it with the casinos? And by the way, the casinos are churning out the money, Uh dollars billion in revenue. I don't know if that benefits the state of Ohio at all, but why don't they do it the right way?
2: Well, it sucks a lot of money out of the economy, money that would be spent in other places in the state of Ohio, but the reason they don't do it the right way is because when it when Republicans see something they want, they don't care about the rule of law. They don't care about the Constitution. They can parade around and talk about the legality of things and talk about the federal Constitution. But the truth of the matter is, when someone shows up with an idea that they can personally or as a group benefit from, they give them whatever they want. They've done it again here. I am baffled at the fact that Former Supreme Court justice, Ohio Supreme Court justice, Bob Cupp, who is now the Speaker of the House, (laughs) sees this and thinks it's constitutional, thinks this is a viable um, thing to do, and it's going to hold up to legal muster. We've seen this in the past. When it comes to the gambling interests, they show up and they bully their way in. They get exactly what they want, and Republicans are happy. They're more than happy to give them what they want. I've been texting with members of the General Assembly all week because we knew this was coming. We knew this train was coming down the track. They went in conference committee yesterday, and within hours of coming out of conference committee with an agreement, it was voted on by the entire Senate. It was voted on by the entire House. Only 13 members combined Mm -hmm. Uh, voted no they had enough courage to stand up to the gambling lobbyists but my question for each and no one's answered this for me bruce every elected official i come across i said define to me or explain to me where the constitutional authority comes from for the casino control commission to be in charge and where is sports gambling allowed in the constitution how come they don't have to amend the constitution and the response is always the same we're not sure Mm. We don't know. No one seems too worried about that. No one cares about the Constitution. That, Rob Walgate those is our guest. responses guess. I'm getting. No one's defending it.
1: Rob is with American Policy Roundtable. You can find them online at aproundtable.com. So, your opinion of your organization is, in my assessment, not a popular opinion throughout the state of Ohio. I can imagine that Mr. and Mrs. Ohio are looking at this and they're saying, look, I don't gamble, doesn't affect me. Or I want to gamble, and this makes it legal. I want to gamble on the Buckeyes, the Browns, the Buckeyes, and I want to do it without having to worry about doing it through a bookmaker. Um, Will there be, in your estimation, an organization that challenges this? Because you're right, DeWine said he's going to sign it. He says it's time for this. The Senate... Only one person voted against it in the Senate, only 12 in the House. It's passed by overwhelming majorities, like the only thing you can get anybody down there to agree on on both sides of the aisle. Do you envision an entity of some sort, religious or otherwise, filing some kind of a challenge to this in court?
2: It may be a business entity. I think it may be some people that have been left out in the cold because, again, it's not done on a level playing field. Well, one, it's unconstitutional. So so it may be done by ta- a taxpayer. It may be done by someone who has an interest of the Constitution. And you're going to hear that talked about more as we head into 2022. But I think you've seen the government in the state of Ohio pick the winners and the losers when it comes to gambling for so long. I can think about the Kasich administration when they – put slot machines in the racetracks under the auspice of the lottery again i don't see how that was legal because what they did is they picked the winners and the losers they didn't have allow every lottery retailer to have a chance to get those slot machines now some people may be listening say wait a minute rob you're advocating for slot machines to be in every grocery store no i'm advocating for the rule of law to be followed i'm advocating for it not to be discriminatory and We met with those convenience store owners. We met with those bowling alley owners, and they knew they had a case. But they didn't want to join the case back roughly 10 years ago because they thought the case administration would cut them into the deal and give them something. And they were left out in the cold. So I think you're going to see people not be willing to trust. They know that there's nothing in it for them in the long run. So as this develops and gets down the road, you're going to see some people – that aren't happy, that are willing to step up. And I'm sure you'll see litigation in the future.
1: Rob Walgate, American Policy Roundtable is our guest. They produce some amazing podcasts and really uh, inform you on the issues. It's a nonpartisan organization. Uh, they are all about the Constitution, but everybody in uh, our country should be. That's for sure, AP Roundtable. All right. Uh, Steve Stivers, Ohio Chamber of Commerce, a bunch of other organizations, Ohio Hotel Lodging, Ohio Grocers, Bankers League. They are opposed to the private vaccine mandate on companies, private employers of 100 employees or more. The Senate voted against it yesterday. They got two Democrats to join, 5248. Of course, the House will never pass that, and Biden would never sign it. But – Uh, Your position on this, like I think a lot of Ohioans want want there not to be vaccine mandates, but the Ohio Chamber also does not want there to be an anti, you know, mask mandate or something like that. So what is your organization's view of this from a constitutional perspective when it comes down to outlawing mask mandates, outlawing vaccine mandates or putting them into
2: law? Well, we believe in the constitutional rights of all people. And the question becomes, if we're saying that people are allowed to tell you you have to wear a mask, you're allowed to tell you what you have to put in your body and when you have to put it in your body, does that mean they're also permitted to tell you that you're not allowed to put something in your body? Where does it end? Where where does it end? If they have the authority to do these things, then they have the authority to do whatever they want. When the government controls your health care, the government controls your life. And is that what they're trying to do? You know, I had a friend ask me um, that owns a business in regards to the vaccine mandate. He said, if they tell me that all my employees must get vaccinated, I'm going to tell my employees, whoever does get vaccinated, I'm firing. And then I'll be sued in a matter of no time. Or better Mm -hmm. yet, I'm going to go up to every female employee and say, are you pregnant? And if they say yes, then they're gone. Now, obviously, yeah. he was not being serious, but he was trying to prove the point that, wait a minute, where does this end? You can't just cherry-pick it on one thing. It, you're going to take it to the nth degree. And the thought we need our bosses or the government involved in every medical decision of our lives is just laughable. I mean, it, it, you know, I saw a, a meme the other day where a, – a, someone was acting like a husband and saying, you know, my wife won't tell me whether or not she's vaccinated, so I, I'm just gonna take her to dinner in New York City so then I'll be able to find out. Um mm-hmm. because then you have to present a card to get in. Yeah. And it's laughable to think about that, but that's the truth.
1: Yeah, it is the truth. Now how would you answer people who say and we'll wrap up with you on this matter, uh, that, you know, if you want people out of your individual autonomy on making your own health care decisions The abortion uh, folks are hopping mad over the House, the Ohio House, passing a bill yesterday that would require doctors. It's it's the born-alive bill. If If a baby survives an abortion, the doctor is now lawfully required if this would go through after it goes through the Senate and the governor. Uh, they would be lawfully required a doctor to administer life-saving measures measures to that baby. And they're whining and they're crying about this will make abortions unavailable to women in southwest Ohio. It'll shutter those clinics. Uh, how do you answer the people who say, look, if you're about bodily autonomy on vaccines, then are you
2: pro-abortion? <laughs> I would be considered the furthest thing from pro-abortion. And I think when we listen to the arguments <laughs> that took place at the Supreme Court um, – recently, and we talked about viability, and it was discussed, and you heard the comments from the justices um, talking about life and where life comes from and how life matters. I I just look at that, and, and Bruce, maybe I'm stuttering and rambling for words because that issue is so deep and so personal to me, but I think about the left always talking about being the party of science, Let's think about the science in 1973, and let's think about the science today. Let's think about what the science today continually shows us about what's taking place in the womb, about shows us when life begins and what life actually is, and that that creation is just a beautiful thing. I can't understand how they ignore that science and that truth. It baffles my mind.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, we know so much more now about that baby in the womb. We can operate on that baby prenatally. We know now that they are viable long before we ever thought they were. We know that they can feel pain. And the Sotomayor argument at the Supreme Court was uh, the epitome of how stupid they are on this argument. She said, well, you know, somebody who's on life support can feel pain. Somebody who's on life support can feel pain. And so that does not mean viability and the and the And the left unsaid logical response to that is, if your loved one was in the hospital on life support, and the doctor said, You can pull the plug now, but if you wait nine months, they'll be
2: perfectly fine. How many people would pull the plug yeah uh, yeah oh uh, yes, how many people would pull the plug, and if you want to talk about body uh, bodily autonomy then the question, and I know it was asked in the arguments, is: Doesn't the woman have that same right to autonomy, whether it's one day before birth and nine months long, or one week? I mean, they can't. You know, the the left is not consistent um, in their argument, and that's that's what's scary. Is to think this has turned into abortion on demand, and um, the the right questions were asked, and that was a big day at the Supreme Court last week.
1: Well, appreciate what you guys do, you, Dave Zanotti, and all the other people at uh, the American Policy Roundtable. It's uh, APRoundtable.com. Rob, thanks for your time today.
2: Hey, thank you, Bruce. Talk soon.
1: All right, next on the Bruce Hooley Show, you got a house. You want to sell it? You want to buy another house? How hot will the Columbus real estate market continue to be? We'll have the answers for you next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Well, if you have a home to sell and you don't need another one locally to buy, uh, you will be happy to hear that Columbus is expected to remain among the top five hottest housing markets in 2022. Prices for homes in Columbus are astronomical. You get usually over-asking, and that's great unless you have to vacate where you are and find someplace else to live. Uh, Why are Columbus... Home prices so robust because nationally, when you compare, it's still a pretty affordable place to live. Uh, We also have strong job growth. Uh, Schools? Eh. I mean, if you've got the coin to come in and buy a big home, you probably have the coin to come in and put your kid into private school. And if you don't have the coin to come in and buy a big home, uh, Ohio is a pretty friendly state when it comes to charter schools and if the backpack bill gets passed, which it certainly should, uh, supported by our friends at Center for Christian Virtue, I'm a big advocate of. And I have someone I know who has two kids in private school. It's a big financial sacrifice for the family. They applied for the Ohio Ed Choice Scholarship, which allows you to get... About $5,000 a kid if you are at 250% or less of the poverty line. The poverty line is around 30000 So if you make $70,000 or less, you can get, at the schools that accept it anyway, an Ed Choice scholarship for your students. So if, let's say just keep it in nice round numbers, easy to do the math. The tuition at the private school, it's Hartley, it's Waterson, it's... Worthington Christian, it's you know wherever, ten grand. Let's say it's ten grand. Well, it's Wellington. We'll say Wellington, but Wellington's <laughs> Wellington's not ten grand. Uh, ten grand. So you get five grand. Now the school has to accept Ed choice. Not all of them do. And if you're not close to seventy thousand, but let's say you're at about I think it's about forty thousand, then the school has to take the Ed choice stipend and not charge you any more. Well this friend he was nervous about the stock market and the future of the stock market last year, what the stock market might do. And so he cashed in some stock. Ed Choice counts that as income. And he finished with the stock that he withdrew in order to, you know, deal with living expenses that arose because he lost his job in the pandemic he ended up at 251%. like 71 or $2,000 was his income when you counted the 20 grand of stock. So he doesn't get the ed choice. But the backpack bill would make ed choice available to everyone. So I don't know if schools are a reason why people would come here because when you have a city school system, Columbus City Schools and you do that is fighting against ed choice, fighting against the backpack bill, while 2,000 families whose kids would whose kids go to Columbus City Schools, are on a waiting list to get into a charter school, KIPP. That tells you that Columbus City Schools are not about fighting and standing up for what the citizens of Columbus really and truly want educationally for their kids. So, that's where we are with housing prices in the city of Columbus. Now, as for the big park that was going to be built on the site of the former Crew Stadium, which they are now calling, have you noticed... They're now calling Crew Stadium, the old Crew Stadium, the old erector-set stadium right there uh, just north of 17th Avenue, right along 71, the first soccer-specific soccer stadium in the country. (laughs) That's no longer called Old Crew Stadium or what was it called? It has some crazy old Mopfrey Stadium. It's now called Historic Crew Stadium. And they're going to turn that into a city park. It's going to be great, right? Except when Mayor Ginther announced it, he didn't have all his I's dotted and his T's crossed. And I know you'll be shocked to find out that it may cost more money than they said it was going to cost. How much more? I'll tell you next on the Bruce Hooley Show.